Hello, listeners. This is Christina. I'm Amanda. And this is a spooky Grim Grim Girls. Girls. (laughs) We're going to be spooky today. ASMR. (laughs) Now, today we're going to do our first spooky episode. We need a palate cleanser. Yes. Just because things are dark and they're about to get even darker in our next three or four episodes that we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. So we need, a, I think, a, a palate cleanser in between every now and then and we'll do some spooky stuff and another segment that i'm working on as well mm-hmm. so do you have anything spooky you've been through that you want to share uh i don't I, I know i've had some spooky inquiries throughout my life but the one that really sticks to me the most is when i was young i had to have been probably four and I woke up and I seen a snow globe lifted off my dresser. Just floating in the air. Yeah, just floating. And then I, when I noticed it, it like just slowly crept back down. And yeah, I didn't get like a weird spooky vibe, but there was definitely a presence of something there. Yeah, I mean, there would have to be for a snow globe to start floating. Yeah, I, I, I need to ask my mom about the significance of that snow globe, if there is one or if she even remembers. Weird. Yeah. I know objects can be haunted, though, so maybe it's a haunted snow globe. Maybe, but I, I didn't feel any negative. I don't remember feeling anything negative about that day. Hmm. I don't like know. Like, now I probably wouldn't be able to go back to sleep, but I remember just going back to sleep. I think now if I saw something floating, I would not be surprised. I'm sh- I would just be like, are you a good Are you a good ghost or a bad ghost? Yeah, who's there? Do I need to get the sage? <laughs> or are we cool? Are we chill? Right? <sighs> yeah. I have definitely been through some shit with the paranormal, and... Man, I was actually just going off on a tangent about all sorts of messed up stuff I've dealt with and feelings that I get. And mm-hmm. I I don't like saying it because it sounds so, like, cliche to me and just who believes that shit. Yeah. But I do feel like I am sensitive, like, to the paranormal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are. I just, I've had so many feelings and things I feel embarrassed to talk about because I'm like, mm-hmm. Is that really, like, what is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I've had some really creepy experiences. Um, Really creepy. To the point where I should not be watching as many horror movies as I still do. But, you know, I'm shocked at the amount of horror movies I watch. The fascination. I prefer a horror movie over a drama or an action any day. Me too. Even over romance. Give me true crime. Romance. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want that shit. No, I I know when I worked at uh, the psychiatric hospital. Sorry, I got a notification. Um, When I worked at a psychiatric hospital in North Carolina, I was going to tell you about like my other stuff, but there's so much and I feel like I should just tell you the scariest one. (laughs) Just hit you in the teeth. Yes, do it. Okay. So when I worked at this hospital, um, I worked night shift. So our normal routine would be we get on, we do groups with the girls. I was on the girls' unit that night, and they're all, like, 13 to, what is it, 18 when they can, they're officially an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, If you hear screaming, my kids are playing in the backyard. I promise they're alive. They're they're good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. So um, on this night, we were doing groups, and... One tech would do the group sessions and stay in the lobby room with the girls while the other one would take care of showers and all the other stuff. So I was doing a group session and (laughs) there was a girl who had a homemade Ouija board she made. And she was playing with it and I was standing there and I was like, okay, like I was a kid once. I get it. I'm not going to say nothing. But seriously? (laughs) No, I noticed a lot of girls getting uncomfortable by it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, fuck, now I'm going to go do something about this. So I went over and I was like, you guys, we can't be doing this. And she's like, why? And I was like, look, this isn't even like, you're not talking to ghosts. Come on, put the shit away. You're scaring the other girls. Like, I was like, this is all just a game. Mm-hmm. It's all it is. Because I was trying to make the other girls feel better and not be scared. Yeah. 
So that was my my thought process. I was like, this is just, it's just a game. This isn't real. You need to put this away because it freaks people out. Mm -hmm. She flipped out on me. She did not close her session for one. And she flipped out on me and told me I cannot tell her that she can't practice her religion, which is Wicca, which is funny because don't even fucking get me started because Wiccans do not. That is not part of their religion. It is not. So at the time I was like, it ain't fucking worth it. And I ended up having to like apologize to her for offending her later. But yeah, finally we get the girls in bed. All is good, whatever. And I go in like the little break room, grab my stuff to get ready to go read my book and all that. Sit in the hallway for the night. And all of a sudden I heard screaming. (laughs) I ran out and I ran to the room where the screaming was coming from. And the girl that was playing with the Ouija board waited for us to leave like our post, like was watching us, ran out of her room into another room and started beating the shit out of another girl in her dead ass sleep. And we had to go in there and pull them apart. Well, the girl that was sleeping kicked her ass, I will say. So So because that happened, I had to sit directly in front of her room where her bed was watching her all night. Mm. So my chair was facing her room. There's three girls in a room. The lights are out. So we were doing our stuff, I remember. And all of a sudden we heard a baby crying, me and my other tech. And we looked at each other like, what the fuck was that? So we got up and did checks, just an extra check on the girls. Nothing. Which, you know, you can think about that one is explained. Because there were times I would walk in girls' rooms and they'd be sleeping and, like, have little girl laughs. Like, super, super, like, childish laughing. Strange. Which was always creepy. But I was like, okay, these these kids do some weird shit in their sleep. So maybe it's just that. Yeah, then let alone being at night. Yeah. (laughs) And then the fucking lights, only the lights above that room where the girl was sleeping, started flickering. So that creeped us out. And we just kept hearing weird noises and just, it was just, we had this weird feeling. Mm -hmm. And I always saw orbs in this place. Which sounds so bizarre and like, yeah, okay, Christina kind of shit. But I'm telling you, I would sit there and all of a sudden I would see like a little flash of light, like a tiny little fly, but it's just a ball of light. Mm -hmm. It was super small and it would just go past my vision. So I kept seeing those, but that night they weren't white. They were black. So weird. I have I have come across a little light orb before. Yeah. And so I, I totally understand that. I have never before heard of a dark orb. I, I saw a couple there in that night. I saw multiple. So I was like, what the fuck? So I know we had a lot of other stuff happen, but there was so much. It was just a whole night of like weird activity and mm-hmm. shit. And we heard the baby crying a couple times, actually. Now, was there ever a baby at that facility? No, you can't have infants there. So that's strange. I think the the youngest a child could be is five, which was fucking terrible. But I won't get into that. But um, I don't know. But the the facility used to be a home for the elderly. Hmm. So it was strange to hear a baby crying. Yeah. Now let's get to the worst fucking part of that night. There's more? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, tell me. So as I was sitting there, this is... (laughs) my son has this like really scary mask from halloween and it just dropped okay it scared the shit out of amanda (laughs) anyways so i'm feeling some spooky vibes for sure right now (laughs) there so at one point i got up and did my check in the room and one of the girls in the room not the girl that had the ouija board thing going on she had her arm leaning over the side of the bed And she was dead ass sleeping and all of a sudden she started moaning and her hand and only her hand started moving around and like making weird hand movements. And I even got my tech and I was like, come here, come here, look at this. Is this normal? Like, what the fuck? Like, was she, like, casting a spell in her sleep? Honestly, it was kind of what it looked like. So I was like, what the fuck? And this is not the Ouija board girl. No, it's a girl that's in the same room because there was three girls in the room that I was in charge of. I was in charge of many rooms that I had to guard that mm-hmm. one because of what happened. So, let's get to the worst fucking part of the night. I was sitting there reading my book like I always did, and I saw a shadow out of the corner of my eye 
So I slowly glanced up and looked into the room and at the furthest part of the wall, it looked like a fucking demigorgon with long ass horns. Just slowly, it like came from the ground up and as it was moving up, its back was hunched and slowly came upwards. And I shit myself. I literally got up and I ran. I was like, oh fuck no. And I told my other tech, I was like, I just saw something in that room. And I, I described what I saw. And everyone went in to investigate. And then we noticed a spot on the ground. There was just this weird stain that we never noticed before. By where this creature would have been exactly standing? Exactly where the creature was standing when I saw it. It was so weird. I mean, it went away fairly quickly, but I was able to clearly see it make that movement. And that freaked me out. Wow. Yeah. Some bad juju in that room. (laughs) There's a lot of bad juju in that whole hospital. Uh, There was multiple things I experienced there, but that was the one that took the cake. Wow. And we just, so after that we were freaked out and we're like, no, fuck this. And we went and got another tech who is very religious. I think he was a pastor at one point or was still. And we were like, we need help. Can you bless the unit? <laughs> like, I, I am not Light even... some sage in there. Yeah, like, I'm not even, like, a religious person, but I was just, like, I don't... At this point, like, I'm scared, like, anything right now. Yeah. And he came on, and he blessed a cup of water he got out of the dispenser. <laughs> and he sprinkled it and said the prayers, and things actually did, like, slow down after that for a bit. And That's then we, we heard sounds again. We started hearing shit again, and we're like, oh, fuck. It was a crazy night, I will say. I just don't even know what I would do in a It was a situation crazy. Like that. It was so scary, but that that's my craziest story. I have a lot of them, but that one I was I was not okay. Yeah, I have never had a creepy moment like that. Yeah. Relatable. That was I just that was the worst. That was ooh. I'll never forget it. Now I'm not going to either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, psychiatric hospitals are usually pretty uh, scary. I mean, I could just imagine all the emotion and stuff there is in the hospital. Lot, yeah. Then let alone adding a paranormal activity. Well, I think maybe the paranormal might feed off of it. It'll feed off the emotions. Yeah. Because I there's a lot that. of strong emotions in a place like that. Mm-hmm. So that's my scariest experience to just uh, share with y'all. Y'all can believe me or don't believe me, think I'm crazy. It's cool. I don't care, but I'm telling you what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> now, Christina has also scared me, but I can't say it's a horror story because I know now that it was all just a show. Yeah. When I finally caved and decided to play the Ouija board in high school. <laughs> And you definitely had me fold for many years. Good. <laughs> that, that was my plan. That, that really happened. And I told myself I would never touch a Ouija board. And my mom's like, I'll beat your ass if you ever touch one. You know, it's not a toy to be playing with. And then, you know, Christina asks, let's go play the Ouija board. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, several years later, oh, no, it's just me moving it. Well, yeah, I had to make what it interesting. What You scared me. The spirits were not communicating, so I had to take matters into my own hands. I don't really even remember what we talked about to the Ouija board. I, I just... Know. I've had a lot of Ouija board things I've done, and I know you're not supposed to do it, and I definitely don't recommend it, but I, I, I've done it. Yeah, I just remember being out in the I'm middle dabbled. of nowhere, having the hatch open in the back of my Bronco, and us playing the Ouija board... <laughs> Pitch black outside. It's because we were in the Bronco that we didn't get any experience. That thing was not haunted, apparently. (laughs) No. Well, are you ready to get into this spooky episode? Yes. So today I'm going to tell you guys about the most notorious spooky weird spots we have in our area. Mm -hmm. So this is a spooky episode, but it's more like a history lesson. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to scary shit... You got to know the history because everyone's like, well, why is it haunted? What happened here? So yeah, that always intrigues me is the why. Yep. So that's what I did when I did my research. I was like, let me find out some, let me find out what I can about this place, which I found a 
some stuff that was actually really interesting. So oh, I can't wait to hear. It's just interesting to know because you, yeah. you we're local. These are the places we know about, but to hear the full story on them, I think could be interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get the mic. Sorry, I made the mistake of getting my husband's chair, and it squeaks really bad. All right, so of course we can't do a spooky episode in the Tri Cities without talking about you the know baby the baby graves. You know. <gasps> We have to talk about the baby graves. I have to switch my chair because this is going to drive me nuts squeaking. (laughs) Now, I know we've been to the baby graves, right? Yes, I've been multiple times. Yeah, I know I've gone like two or three times. Just random trips. Mm -hmm. But I've never experienced anything there, have you? I've never experienced anything bad. I do get a lot of vibes when I'm there. Heaviness. Yeah, like I can definitely feel the presence yeah. of being somewhere and I mean it's a graveyard and you're gonna I'm gonna tell you some stuff about it that'll really be like wow this land isn't just some babies that were buried here there's more to it yeah and I've been to graves and I I mean it's always unsettling going to a grave but the yeah. baby graves makes me more unsettled really? than any other grave I've ever been to. I haven't been there in a while maybe now I think I'm more sensitive now than I used to be so maybe now <laughs> I doubt it though I, I'm we should we should take a trip we should we need to So, the Baby Graves is also known as Horse Heaven Hill Cemetery, which many people do know, um, but if you didn't, that was what the original name was. It's not Baby Graves. I did not know that. Yeah, really? (laughs) I have only ever known it as the Baby Graves. So, the Baby Graves are located in Benton City, and the cemetery actually originated in the garden of William Dennis. He was a local resident that was killed in a farming accident around 1892, and then they buried his body in the cemetery. So this was not a cemetery for children specifically. This was like the local, like, it was a super small community, mm-hmm. and he turned this garden into a cemetery for the community. Oh. So once he died, they buried him there too, because that was the cemetery. See, and I thought it was just babies. Yeah, nope. There's actually a lot of people buried there. They're just not marked. Yeah. So, the land actually originally belonged to the Umatilla Native American tribe. And the hills, the Horse Heaven Hills, separated the territory to the Yakima tribe. Oh. So, like, I, I'm a huge fan of Yellowstone. Have you seen it? I No. And everybody keeps talking about it. And Bitch. I feel so left out. You need to watch <laughs> Yellowstone. And I was when I was writing this and doing the research, all I could think about was Yellowstone. Just because it... it you just gotta watch it i I don't want to give it away but like it really makes you think back on history and how fucked up shit was with the indians and the white people Mm -hmm. like it was so fucked up and i don't know i'm just reading about the tribes i'm like those poor tribes Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna tell you what happens and i think we all know what happens So the land was taken by the walla walla council and the reservations were assigned to the native americans Mm mm-hmm so, at that point, I know uh, there was a lot of, like, fighting between the white people and the Native Americans. And I didn't include it in my um, draft, but I did read um, that they did try to fight for their land. But finally, the Indians were like, I'm tired of my people dying. Let's just work it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, they didn't have a choice. Yeah. They really didn't. It was either do what the white people say or we're all getting killed. So, that land originally belonged to them. That is the land of the Umatillas. I tried looking up um, stuff on the Umatillas, like what kind of rituals and stuff they do, or like sacred lands, and I couldn't find anything. I'm sure there's tribe members that know all about it. I just thought it would be interesting to know, but I I couldn't find anything. I just love that kind of shit. (laughs) So... um, yeah, I couldn't find anything super notable about the, you know, the plot of land specifically before the white people came and settled on there. I feel like the Native Americans would have kept it very discreet. Why would they tell us? Yeah. They're going to be like, you want to take our land? Take our land. See what happens. Yeah. That's what I would do. I hope the I hope my spirits fuck you white people up, but I don't think that happened here. The land ain't that bad. I, I just don't think it is. I'm, I'm kind of a skeptic with these ones. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. So back to the cemetery itself. It's not known how many people are truly buried there because many of the old tombstones were probably wood and would have rotted away over the years or like they could have placed rocks. They were really poor. 
So the things move over time. Yeah. So there's so a lot the of people. Grave, the grave site itself is probably bigger than the little fenced-in area. It's very, yeah. It's because very the possible. fenced-in area that is... Okay, oh, no, so I, I think it's know. been since high school since I went out there. But it was when you go there and you go, like, you see the, the stone, yeah. the headstones... I remember it being rather small. Like, you go through the little gate, and it's a rather small gated area. Yeah. It... So, it must be... I feel like they would have marked it because it was a cemetery, so it might not be, but it might be. I don't know. I'm going to have to go back, because now I'm going to have to remember how how big it was. It was a decent size. Because I I remember it being... It's not... It is small. Like, it is. I remember like five of us being in the fence but area. This was a small community, so true. It, that could have something to do with it too. That it's. Not I'm just that w- big. wondering if people are buried outside of the. Well, there's we people buried all over the world in unmarked graves, so that is true. <laughs> um, back to where I was. Uh, yeah, like I said, money was really scarce, and that was just a small farming community, so they really didn't have money for tombstones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But there are a few. So, oh, where did I leave off? Okay. It's said that the flu epidemic is what killed many of the people that are buried there. Mm-hmm. And not all the graves, of course, belong to babies. So, you know, back then, the flu was killing people left and right. So, that's where they put their bodies. Now, one fucked up case of that happening would be the Travis family. On May 20th of 1893, they had a baby named Norma, and she died at the age of six months. So, you know, this really broke Mrs. Travis's heart, and uh, six days after Norma died, on May 26th, a set of twins were born into the Travis family, and they only lingered for a day before they passed away. And now all three of those babies share a gravestone. Oh my gosh, this poor woman lost three babies. Yeah, yeah. well, the one was hers, and the other two were just in the family. Oh, okay. But, yeah. So, I there was a lot of graves I could have talked about. I just didn't want to, just because it's sad, and I want this to be a little lighter episode. Like, obviously, there's graves. Someone died. Like, mm-hmm. we, we get it. There, there's a lot of really small baby infants in there, and it's sad, so... um. I'm not going to keep going into, like, the tragedy of it and stuff with kids. It's hard. It is. And honestly, I just, I'm just going to say it. I, that case I showed you, that one really fucked me up. So I'm, like, so, like, I don't want, I don't want to talk about kids right now. Yeah. <laughs> that one really fucked me up. And I, honestly, that, I don't even know if we can record that episode without me just breaking down. Yeah, I only read a brief bit, and it was heart-wrenching. Yeah, it was so I found a case that happened in the Tri-Cities, and uh, it really uh, was, it was as bad as it gets. It was brutal. It was the worst case I've ever heard of in our area, and I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. So, anyways, yeah, like I said, I don't want to talk about kids. <laughs> so, we'll talk about today. Yes. Um, today, the graves are still there, but they're not in the best condition, and a lot of people visit the graves because of all the rumors of it being haunted. So, let's get to the haunted part. I'm ready. If you're a local and you know this place and have likely already paid the graves a visit at some point, I have. The story is super interesting, and uh, it's not like we have that many haunted spots to explore to go scare ourselves, so people go here all the time, and they're hoping for a scare, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how we know it. So, it's rumored, I don't think it is personally, but it's rumored to be the most haunted place in the Tri-Cities. You know, I saw a fucking Demi-Gorgon, so... I don't think it's on. <laughs> and I, as many times as I had been there in high school, I never had Mm-mm. anything bad happen. It's just it, a nothing location. haunted related. Yeah, yeah. But that's just my take on it. So, so other people might have stories that something scary happened to them, and I'd I'd love to hear it. But yeah, if you got a story, I want to know. Yeah. It turned into a really popular party and hangout spot for high schoolers, which is not fucking cool. 
No, and I remember shortly after we graduated, other high schoolers went out there, and then they just started to destroy the stuff. Yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. People, the uh, high schoolers were going out and vandalizing and doing dumb shit, leaving trash everywhere. So obviously, that put a sour taste in locals' mouths. Yeah, or m- mouths. Well, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I don't. Where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> Baby graves and mouse. That, oh, that, don't, that don't go together. <laughs> it, it just it makes people a little sour. They don't want yes. disrespect, you know? So, yeah, that cool. And I know that that took a, the owner of the property for some time. He didn't want people going out there at all anymore. Yeah. So, in 2010, a restoration of the cemetery was completed by a group of local volunteers. I have not been back there since 2010. I have, and it looks really nice. I'm going to have to go. The fence was replaced, um, and they put a gravel apron around the perimeter, so it created access, parking, weed control, and fire suppression. Oh. Yeah, which it it looks really nice. It's rumored that the descendants of the people that are buried there live in the area and watch over the cemetery. There are rumors of people supposedly running people off who try to visit the baby graves. I know I heard about the one with the old man with the truck and shotgun that used to go out threatening people. I have always heard that story. That is the story I grew up hearing, Mm -hmm. but I never saw no old man with a shotgun in a truck. Yeah, I never witnessed anything. No. But I'm sorry, if you're out there and you're causing destruction, if somebody shows up with a shotgun, I mean... You shouldn't be in that property if you're if you're going there to be disruptive. Yeah, if you're honest, so we're, I'm going to tell you a little bit more, but there are visiting hours. Oh. So if you go past visiting hours, like, you're trespassing. You're trespassing. Yeah. Um, I personally don't think it's haunted. I have not really heard that many scary stories about it. As far as I've heard, people just go to visit it and that's it. I haven't heard anything crazy or weird. It's rumored, though, that you can hear a baby crying if you go at night, which is fucking creepy as hell, but I've never heard a baby crying, and I only have gone at night. Yeah, I've only gone at night, and I've never heard a baby crying. Yeah. So, I I just feel like this is a historical landmark, and a bunch of disrespectful individuals made the locals pretty salty about the visitors, and that's where people create these stories. So, long story short, it may be haunted, but it's historical, and um, if you visit... Please do it during the day to avoid pissing off locals and being there past visiting hours mm-hmm. and being disrespectful. These are graves. Just be respectful. These were infants. These were human beings that had families, and now they're not here anymore. So just imagine it's someone in your family and... Someone disrespected their gravestone. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it on the baby graves. Just, uh, it's a really cool place to visit. I do say ghosts, everyone should see it at least once, and it does look really nice since they restored it. But it's a historical landmark. Respect it. Don't go out at midnight getting drunk and throwing a damn party. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I did find a couple others that were interesting. Are you excited? I am. You better be. I worked really hard. <laughs> I believe you. And I don't know of a whole lot of haunted places in Tri-Cities. The, the only ones that I really know of is the Baby Graves and Gravity Hill. Well, I got a couple extra. Well, I'll be fascinated to learn about them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So next we're going to talk about another location that I actually didn't think was that well known. So... I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it, though, because this is a known place to be haunted. So we're going to talk about St. Matthew's Episcopal Church. I hope I said that right. I cannot talk right now. This is in Prosser. I've never heard of it. Okay, you're in, you're in for a treat. I'm excited. So this church is rumored to be haunted, but the main focus around it being haunted actually came from the home next door to it next to the church mm-hmm. and um this house was the focus of an episode on ghost hunters oh and i yeah i watched it did you watch? i watched it as soon as i saw that i was like i gotta go watch this episode so yeah i watched this episode immediately as i was doing my research i was like oh shit i gotta watch it and see what the hell is happening so um i wanted to use it for my research and yeah i think it might be haunted Oh. Yeah. Are we going to go? I, I don't know if we can. It's a lady's It's a pastor's house. Oh. Yeah. So in this episode, the pastor for the church lives in the home and told the ghost hunters crew she felt she needed their expertise and was smelling burnt wood. 
So she was smelling burnt wood and things were just moving around, I guess. Yeah, I, I just... Hmm. She said she saw shadow figures, like the typical ghostly weirdness. And after smelling like burnt wood and shit, she noticed a burn spot on the floor that appeared just out of the blue and it was kind of shaped like a footprint. Like a burn mark on the floor. Right in front of a window. Yes. So the crew got down in this episode and smelled the spot because it was like a dark spot. They were yeah. like, let me see if it smells burnt. And they said, yeah, this smells like burnt wood. When you get down close to it, it's like it's been burnt. A burnt footprint. Yeah. So I thought that was really weird. And they also got a lot of hits for like electromagnetic activity and the devices were spiking. They were hearing things moving around in this episode, which I thought was super crazy. I was like, oh, fuck, this place is haunted. Yeah. What? So they did some digging uh, and they, they just wanted to find out like the history of the church, right? Yeah. So they discovered that this was the first church that was built in Prosser and it was built in 1907. Wow. They also discovered that there was a fire in a building next to the church and that is where this pastor's home now lays. Yeah. Did somebody die previously in the house? I... In the house fire? don't think they mentioned it so they basically theorized that the burnt footprint was like some sort of uh what do you call it like residual like energy thing Mm -hmm. like something to do with that fire and the fact that it was near a window it was like someone was like coming in or coming out of the window yeah that's why i wonder if somebody passed away because of it yeah i didn't they didn't say which and i couldn't find nothing Hmm. Um, so catching a paranormal experience isn't, it's not a cakewalk. Like it doesn't just happen. Like you don't come into a place and boom, there's ghosts. Like, yeah, it's just not how it works. So I feel like this place is totally haunted because things did happen and numerous occasions. Yeah. So sometimes like there isn't as strong activity and there's a lot of factors that can cause activity to be more active, like, you know, a full moon or some shit. Mm -hmm. So I think this place is haunted and maybe they just didn't catch as much activity as people would have liked. Cause they, I didn't feel like they, I mean, they They caught stuff long enough, but yeah, they go for one night. Like ghosts can be picky. I feel like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I only have that view, though, because when I worked at the mental hospital, like, there were nights where I would experience shit, mm-hmm. and then there were nights where that, there were nothing. Yeah. So there were, like, if it was a full moon, oh, something always imagine. happened. When it was a full moon, all the patients coded, they all would beat the shit out of each other all night long, and then we would have paranormal activity. Jeez. So, yeah, that's just my take on it. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And I didn't know about it. I would... I would strongly say that that house is haunted. Yeah, it sound that's, that gave me some haunted vibes. That one definitely did. So the next thing we're gonna talk about. Are you ready for the next place? Yes. We're gonna discuss something that's in the Tri Cities, like because Prosser, Benton City are kind of like on the outskirts. Yeah. We're gonna talk about something that's right deep in the heart of the Tri Cities. Tell me more. The Moore Mansion. Oh, I told you more. We're okay. talking about the Moore Mansion, guys. Okay, is the Moore Mansion, bear with me, is that the mansion that is in Pasco, just off the bridge? Yep, right off the Blue Bridge. Okay, because people do weddings there. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I did not know it was haunted. So people say it's haunted. And this place has a lot of history. So obviously, like I said, this is a history lesson today. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the history of the Moore Mansion, which is wild because... Oh, shit. Sorry. Um... There's, like, different things mm-hmm. that have been said. There's all sorts of random stories. It's hard to find the accurate ones, obviously, so I did the best I could. Um, so this three-story mansion was built in 1908 by James Moore. He was a wealthy Seattle hotel owner, and he built the house for his wife because she was ill. And the doctor recommended a drier climate so that they came to the Tri-Cities. But she died before she even got to move into the mansion. Oh, no. Yeah. So he spent $20,000 to build this mansion, which I did, the, I did the research. I did the math. That would have been $625,116 today. Wow. Which, with the price of wood, <laughs> might be more. <laughs> yeah. 
So, anyways, in 1911, Moore sold the mansion for $100,000 to Thomas Karsten. He was one of the founders of the Karsten Brothers Meat Market in Seattle. Yeah, so I did math on that, and this is where things got weird because I don't I don't know how accurate, but it said it was like two million dollars today is what that would have been. The, the when he sold it. Oh, okay. So the value of the house. Yeah. Okay. So some speculated that the property was uh, going to be used for fattening cattle for a packing plant. Hmm. I, I don't know. That never happened, though. In, um, between 1921 and 1938, the mansion changed hands, like, multiple times. It served as a home with grazing pastures for dairy cows and farmland for alfalfa. During Prohibition, the Southern-style relic was turned into an illegal nightclub and became the party headquarters for the Tri-City Socialites, which I think might still be true to this day, actually. For that I remember same. hearing people going to parties at the Moore Mansion, like rich people. I am so intrigued. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> it is. So in the 1950s, the Columbia River levee was built to contain the McNary Dam pool nearly like it, it sealed the mansion off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that whole stretch yeah. that's just up. Yep. So they don't, it's, it's on the waterfront, but there's that yep. levee in the way. Um, it, so in 1955, it became a convalescent home until stricter codes forced it to shut down. Do you know what a convalescent home is? No. So it's a uh, convalescent home is a healthcare facility for people with physical or mental health issues. Oh. Because I, I, I read that. I was like, what the fuck's a convalescent home? I should know this, but yeah, I'm not that know. smart. So I Googled it. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That could add to the So darkness. if it's haunted, yeah. I could. Yeah. So after that, migrant workers rented, like, barracks-like space, and the mansion hit bottom, like, rock bottom during the 1960s. That's when hippies let their fowl and livestock run through the place. Uh, like, and just run wild in the house? I, fuck, I'm assuming I can, that's what I envision. <laughs> that's what I see. <laughs> so in 1979, it was placed on the National Register for Historic Places to keep it from being condemned and tore down. Because I think it was looking pretty rough. Did you find pictures of what it looked like? I'm curious. Yeah, so. I can post them. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, it remained vacant, and the windows got boarded up, and that was through much of the early 1980s, and it was vandalized all the time. In the late 1980s, the mansion was introduced to the restaurant business, and the first restaurant at the Moore Mansion was opened by Gene Leckenby in 1987, but after six months, it failed. Hmm. Yeah. Never knew this about this mansion. Yeah, you, most people wouldn't. They're yeah. just like, oh, Moore Mansion, haunted, weddings restaurant whatever party they don't think about like the history so i was like yeah, yeah i never knew the history I, yeah. I only thought of it as that's where people get married yeah and i knew it was a historic to the tri-cities but i didn't know i didn't think anything and haunted. now you know i do i'm telling you i am so today. intrigued so its successor opened in 1989 and it was owned by the late jack carr who was also a farmer and his then wife eileen he installed a wine cellar, a professional kitchen. He redid the heating and cooling systems in the upstill, like Cajun-like restaurant that they had. Um, eventually, it faltered though. And in 1955, Carr donated the 1.2 million dollar building to Tri Cities Prep, a Catholic high school in Pasco. Now, the school traded the land to uh, the Metropolitan Mortgage in Spokane in exchange for. Uh, Road 100 land where the new school was built. Huh. Yeah. So, Corey and Tammy Bitten opened the mansion in the fall of 1999 as a family restaurant with steak and seafood and stuff. And the Bittens bought the mansion for only $405,000, according to the Franklin County records. Wow. Yeah, so the price has definitely fluctuated, but I'm pretty sure it went... I was at first, I was like, whoa, how come we're selling it for this much money? And then, like, for nothing. And I was like, wait a minute, the mansion went to shit. Mm -hmm. So now it makes sense. So the mansion was used for wedding receptions, reunions, special events, like the water foley's, 4th of July, Christmas boat parades, which is basically what it's used for today, I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure. Um, the Bittens sold the mansion to John and Susan Collins of Richland in November 2016 for $1.2 million. Damn! 
Yeah. It definitely made their money back. Well, they also <laughs> they put if a they lot restored into it. it. Yeah. yeah. So the Collins were uh, in the process of selling the mansion to the current co-executive managers, Robin Smith and Joseph Matthews of the Tri-Cities. Now, this was information from an article I read in the Tri-City Herald, but I found another article that doesn't really match up with this one and said that the owners got super... I got super confused by who the owners were. Like, I was just... I was like, wait, Mm -hmm. who bought it this time? Who bought it? It was really... There's been a lot of people in and out of this place, so it was really hard to track. So, I found another article that said the mansion was actually bought by the Peck family in 2004, which this one sounded more accurate to me, I think. Um, the Tri-Cities Journal, there, there might be both. They might match up, just something didn't match in the um, newspapers. Yeah. But, so the Peck family uh, got it in 2004, and the Tri-Cities Journal of Business reported in 2020 that after a series of ownership changes... Changes in use and prolonged period of vacancy. It was nearly destroyed by a suspicious fire in 2001, apparently, according to this article. Oh, I don't remember a fire there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I lived here. Maybe I did. I don't remember. But the Pecks brought, bought it from a Florida bank in March of 2004, and they were motivated by the love of the property and the desire to see it preserved. Just, they really loved this property. Mm-hmm. So it was a 267000 deal that they uh, closed on. And they had to close on it because the court ordered it as a deadline to rebuild. They were going to either rebuild it or remove it. So mm-hmm. they had to hurry up and buy this place. Yeah. Um, so the Pecks restored it as a private residence and an outdoor event center, hosting about 20 weddings, proms, meetings, and other ga- gatherings each year. Hmm. So, um, Brad Peck estimates that 40,000 people passed through the property in the 14 years since it reopened. That's a lot of people that have been there. That is a lot of people. So, he and Deborah never took a salary or anything. They would credit clients who chose the mansion for their events for supplying the funds to continue renovating and upgrading the property, which is really, really, they sound like some really cool people. Yeah. They sound like really genuine people. Yes. So... Today, um, the mansion's owned by a Kennewick couple, and I was going to say their names, but it's in the newspaper. I just just don't want to call out too many names. Yeah, I hear you. So they purchased the mansion, property, and business assets for nearly $2.7 million at the Moore LLC. The deal recorded, um, it was recorded in Franklin County on March 26th of 2020. Mm -hmm. So... Because the mansion's history, there are rumors that it's haunted, right? Yeah. So I got this story from the Tri-City Herald, and a former bookkeeper for a past owner said that one of her friends saw shadowy figures, like, roaming past the windows, and she refused to enter the mansion. So, I mean, I don't blame her. She said she always got, like, friendly, welcoming vibes, um... But, I don't know, I was like, if you don't want to go there... She was just too scared to go. uh, Yeah, she said she got friendly vibes, but she didn't want to go inside, which I thought was interesting. So she she chose to not go in because of other people saying it's haunted? I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Or, no, you know what? No, it might have been her friend she was talking about that refused to enter, not her. Oh. Yeah. That that makes sense, actually. So, um... Finding, I was trying to find stories on people's experiences, and it was kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. I know people have them, but I didn't really find any, like, creepy ones. So I did find a post on a paranormal group I'm a part of, and one person commented and did say that they had an experience at the Moore Mansion. And they said that they saw a young lady looking down at them from the upper window. There was, like, a bedroom window up there. And the curtain was swaying back and forth. And when they looked up to make eye contact, the curtain went back to close. And then apparently they learned that there was a young girl who committed suicide there a bunch of years ago. Which I don't know. If it's factual. I don't know if that's factual. It could be a rumor. Uh, Another member of that group also commented and said that their husband had an experience doing renovations and saw a lady behind a tree outside. Because no one was no one was allowed inside, I guess, for the renovations. But they saw something while they were outside. Oh, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, but yeah, that's I mean that's all I got on the Moore Mansion. 
sorry, my mom was calling me. <laughs> every what, time we record, I know it's every something. time. Every time we record, there's kids freaking out. My phone's going off. So that's just we we should just state that that's gonna happen. Yeah, regardless, y'all are gonna hear some weird shit every now and then. <laughs> so it's probably super annoying for them. So we're gonna talk about another place. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I have a lot of places to talk about, and we're already 44 minutes in. Hey, I have been intrigued these last 44 minutes, so tell me a long one. Keep keep telling me. All right, so this one is actually one that I was not super familiar with. Like, I've heard of it, but it was so long ago, it, like, slipped my mind. Um, I want... It's not really, like, a haunted... Haunted, like, I don't have a bunch of haunted, like, ghost stories about it, but I wanted to mention it because... It's just a weird, creepy place. Yeah. And you can... So, you can't even get access to this place, though. There's your hint. Well, now, I, now, I'm, now I'm disappointed. So, we're going to talk about the ghost town of Hanford. <gasps> okay. I have been to several <laughs> places out on the Hanford site. So, you might have been here. I... I tell me, because I, I want to know if I've been there. Well, first, we're going to talk about the history of this ghost town. <laughs> Like I said, it's a history lesson today. Yes. So Hanford was a small agricultural community that settled in 1907. This is before the nuclear shit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. So the town uh, location was identified as an ideal site by the federal government, and they condemned it in 1943 to make way for the nuclear production facility, which was a key part of the Manhattan Project. We all know all about Hanford yes. and the Manhattan Project and all that bullshit. It's kind of cool. Like, I think it's a really cool part of our history. Yeah. I, I just remember being terrified when I first heard it. So I have, I have been to some of the structures out there that are, like, original structures. So you've been here. We'll, we'll see. I think you have. there are several little structures. So this is just a short snippet. Um, residents of this place, bef- they had 30 days. They were given a 30-day eviction mm-hmm. on March 9th of 1943. So most of the original buildings were actually demolished, with the exception of the old Hanford High School, the Brugman Warehouse, and Hanford Irrigation and Power Company Station. They're still standing, and that's the ghost town. So, I have seen the high school. Have you? Yeah. I, I didn't get to go in it, but I drove up by it, and it's, I mean, you can just feel the history there. Yeah. But I am so intrigued with that kind of stuff. I am too. So I want after, to do more ghost towns. Yeah. After working at Hanford, that's when I learned more about it. And yeah. I believe there's also a bank that's still standing. Interesting. A structure of, of a bank. I didn't or what was used as a bank. Huh. Now I'm going to have to go back and double check, yeah, but I'm pretty it's sure. it's crazy. I want to get, like, a tour now, because I think they do tours. They do, with COVID, right? So, I did recently just work out there, but quit my job. Uh, doesn't need to be a part of the podcast, whatever. Anyways, um, but they they were doing tours, but I think with COVID, it kind of put stuff to a halt. Mm. So, I don't know if they're starting back up or whatnot well what i did read is that it's it's, it is a restricted site and they have to be visited through a registered guided tour oh yeah you can't just go yeah so i mean the pictures i saw of it were really eerie and we'll post the pictures we can go to the pasco side and if you go to the pasco side of the river you can look directly at the high school really yeah can you i've seen it from both sides fuck i want to go now (laughs) I want to see it now. I've driven our, rode our jet skis upriver. And, I mean, you, you could get up that far. I, ha- I haven't ridden my jet skis that far, but, I mean, we got up hmm. quite a ways. That's actually so cool. Yeah, it's, it's just creepy. So. Just don't get out and get on that land. Cause then yeah, I feel like the Hanford thing is like another episode of itself. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. Hanford is crazy. Yes. So, I don't. I mean, we might get on that at some point. Um, I just really but like Han- ghost towns. And, and Hanford has so much history. Oh, yeah. It's huge. I and just, it doesn't surprise me that they're, it's brought up on the, something for Haunted. Yeah, it popped up, and I was like, woo. So, yeah, that's the uh, Hanford ghost town. So, we got one more place to talk about, and I think you know what it is. Gravity Hill. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was Baby Graves and Gravity Hill are the only ones I really knew about. Yeah, those are the most haunted locations. So we we just could not do this episode without talking about Gravity Hill. 
Like, yeah. I actually originally wasn't going to do it because I was like, fuck Gravity Hill, man. I'm so sick of hearing about Gravity Hill. <laughs> it is probably the most talked about. It is, and that's why. Even I, over the baby graves. I did it. I even have the address for you guys on how to get I there. did get creepy vibes, though, from. Did you? I went there once. I, I never, was, from the baby graves, I never got this eerie feeling. Yeah. But Gravity Hill, there was definitely some hair raising we'll talk about it because i do have a theory about it too okay so on a lonely stretch of road north of prosser very lonely (laughs) we're talking about washington if you're not from here at the base of a small incline if you shift your car in neutral by magic you'll start rolling uphill Mm -hmm. that's a gravity hill so the reasons given for these strange occurrences range all across the paranormal spectrum from aliens to ghosts. And this phenomenon is actually just an optical illusion, mm-hmm. which many people do know. Kids usually don't, but they are known as magnetic hills, anti-gravity hills, or simply just gravity hill. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel some type of way talking about this one. I just, I don't buy it. I, this one bothers me. I don't. I don't believe that. I, I think your car is moving because of gravity itself. I don't yeah. think it's a spirit. But I do. I have had. I've heard why it's haunted. So I'm curious to see what you're gonna say and if it's what I've been told. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's not. So that'll be fun. So okay, I'll finish my little spiel. So, these mystery spots are located all over the world. What appears to be an uphill incline is actually a part of a larger downhill incline, Mm -hmm. which gets misinterpreted by our brains because the way the slopes are situated... It does look like you're... Yeah, it's mixed with, like, little to no view of the horizon, so it just, it's a mindfuck, you know? So, it just looks as if objects are defying gravity. It's a natural illusion that's been tricking and wooing onlookers at these curious spots for centuries like this has been this is all over so i mean the road's not easy to find it's located on a stretch of north crosby road about 10 to 15 miles north of prosser um the road's just down the street from an old allegedly haunted grain elevator okay i did not know that actually and i could not find anything on it okay so uh, my my stories revolve around that really okay i want to hear about it give me just a second, because I'm almost done. It's a short one. So there's a barn along Gravity Hill that many say is also haunted. Mm-hmm. And someone in a Facebook group I'm a part of actually posted a picture that they took of it. And I showed it to you. Yes. And they took a picture of this barn and literally like through the dark opening of the barn door, you see a creepy fucking ghost face peeking 100%. out. hundred percent. It is so creepy. So um, I'm going to... I'll try to get permission to post that picture, too. I don't know if I need it or not. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But I, if I'll, we I'll can, ask. definitely. I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Uh, it's a very friendly group. So it's definitely a weird place. So um, go ahead and tell me about the this, what is it, a silo? Yeah, Grain elevator? so the, the silo and the barn play hand in hand. So the story that I was always told was there was a girl who climbed to the top and jumped and committed suicide. And so I have I grew up learning that that area was haunted because of oh, that see, I girl. Never heard that. And they say if you put um, baby powder or flour yeah. on your bumper, you'll see handprints and it's supposedly that girl pushing you away, like getting you away from the bad juju, but I never experienced that. So when you said that that guy took a picture and there was a creepy face in that picture and i saw it and you could see it as clear as day that there was a figure standing there that should not have been that was a fucking demon face yeah like a baby demon face and if i remember correctly she was young like not a baby but she could have been a little girl she was i maybe 12 maybe younger i don't know i can't that face did look childlike though yeah i was always told it was a little girl who went up there to fall to her death crazy okay so i don't know if that's true that's just what i grew up being told yeah so interesting thing i actually um i had some deep conversations last night 
<laughs> with my husband and I don't know how we were talking. I think we were actually talking about Gravity Hill and I just started going on a tangent about it that I didn't even include in my my like outline. It's just in my head. And I was like, yeah, these places are known for uh, paranormal activity because of the lines. And he's like, lines? And I'm like, yeah, the paranormal lines. What are they called? What are they called? They're ley lines. So I was like, okay, oh my God, I got to talk about the ley lines. Have you heard of ley lines? No, I am drawing a blank with you. Okay. <laughs> I Look, I watch a lot, a lot of paranormal television. So bear with me. But these places like that have strong paranormal activity, what they did is they like connected them all uh-huh. like around the world. They made like this, their ley lines. So all the hot spots for paranormal activity are along these lines. So if you're along the ley lines, you're more likely to experience paranormal activity. And these gravity hills and stuff are always on a ley line. And it's like it's a paranormal hotspot because of the weird gravity like situation. There's a higher like electromagnetic field on these lines. So it draws in paranormal activity. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm going to have to look up these ley lines. Yeah, ley lines. Ley lines. Ley lines. Fuck, I can't I can't even function, apparently. I'm hitting everything. But yeah, I just, I was like, fucking ley lines, man. So I I just had to go off about the ley lines. (laughs) Well, now I'm going to have to look and see where they're at. Yeah, I I do want to look it up and just see if my theory is right, that they're right on the ley lines, and that's why this is happening. Interesting. So there's, like, supposedly this map for Washington State that you can take this, like, road trip. I'm assuming it's going to take longer than a day. But it's a map, and it tells you, like, specific locations in Washington that are supposed to be super haunted. Mm. And you can... It's just like a loop. See, all the ones... It'd be interesting to see if they're on the ley lines. That would be interesting, actually. But all the ones I want to see are not in our area. Not in Tri-Cities, but there's a, there's a few that I... There's a haunted asylum, supposedly, that's near the town I was born. I'd be down for that. For sure. I also really, 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 really want to go to Seattle Underground. I haven't done it yet. And there's also a place that Zach Baggins went to on Ghost Adventures that's in Oregon. I don't think it's too far. I forgot what the damn place is called. It's not the Pendleton Undergrounds, is it? No. Okay, because I've been there. Is it scary? Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty creepy. Yeah? I mean, it was a whole underground... I mean, it was a town underground. I guess that is creepy. I never, I, and it was, it was creepy. Hmm. It, it definitely gave me creepy vibes, and it, I think it's just, it was dark and... Dark and creepy. Dark and creepy, yeah. What, I'm trying to think of what this place was called on Ghost Adventures. It's going to drive me up a fucking wall. And it's like, it's basically like Gravity Hill, but it's like buildings. Oh, yeah, I don't know much about Oregon. Yeah, um, there's a lot in Oregon that I do want to cover. There's a lot of things. We're randomly. gonna have to have special episodes. That we are. We are gonna. Tri-Cities. Yeah, we are. We're gonna start a segment at some point. I don't know when I'm finally gonna do it. I'm still working on pulling like cases because it's kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. But so we're gonna start a segment that I'm gonna do with my husband. We're gonna call it disturbing. Ooh. And I'm just gonna find the most fucked up shit from around the world to hit him with oh <laughs> well he gets scared he won't get scared he'll just be like he'll probably be like no <laughs> i don't know <laughs> or he'll he'll try to come up with an explanation for why it's uh, he's just he's gonna yeah he's gonna try to stomp on your dreams yes of I, I creepy see. things being real i don't know Bring the realistic reasons as to why it's not haunted. Yeah, but I'm finding cases that there's no fucking reason. You can't even... Yeah. There's a lot we know about. I, he only knows about them because of me, but... There's a lot more. I'll be intrigued to listen. Yeah, it'll... I don't know when I'm going to do it, but I think we're going to do that. Yeah, you should. So, that's all we have for a spooky episode this time. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell us, because we'll definitely do more. Yes. If you don't like it, and we get, like, lots of people that are like, no, fuck your spooky episode. We won't do it no more. (laughs) But I kind of like doing it, so I really hope you don't feel that way. (laughs) I liked it. I learned a lot. Yeah. And I've lived in Tri-Cities almost my whole life, and I only knew of two of those locations. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I knew of the other ones, but I didn't know that they were haunted. Yeah. There's some stuff. Yeah. There's some stuff. There's a lot of stuff I've been finding, and I'm just like, oh. Once you start getting into that research, man. Yeah. You don't even realize how fucked up some places are. Yeah. Yep. I definitely scared the shit out of myself already, so we won't get into it. But anyways, we hope you guys keep listening, and thank you for your support. Give our Facebook page a like. Yes. Which is... Grim Girls. Just just look us up. And then you can send us an email at grimgirls509 at outlook.com. Yep. So if you have any, um, like, I know you, some of you have been messaging us on Facebook, but if you, like, got re- something really long or whatever you want to type out to us, give or us a story. Yeah. You yeah. You, so if you do have, like, attachments to a case you want us to cover or a spooky story or a story pertaining to a case, mm-hmm. send it to us through our email, and that's grimgirls509 at outlook.com. Yes. And grimgirls with two M's. Yes. Well, it's po- we'll have it... Actually, is it already on our Facebook yeah, page? Okay. I, I updated it, so if you go on the page and it shows the website and yeah. email. It's All of our info is on our Facebook page. Yep. So, thank you guys for listening to the spooky episode. Yes. Bye. Bye.